Good afternoon, I'm Jordan Peoples and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg and Glengarry Glen Ross sucks. Here we are, we just spoiled wait, wait. the... What? Hit it. Hello again. <laughs> it's me, Cade, uh, standing on the anti-Glengarry Glen Ross side, opposing Jordan. As you know from the episode title and description, this is our much-anticipated Glengarry Glen Ross episode. It's finally here. It is finally here for all of you Marvel fans at home who have been dying to hear us say what we actually think about Glengarry Glen Ross. Yep. After all of this talking we've done about the film. Yeah. Um, it's been all build up, but it pays off today. Hopefully. Let's see. Um, so this is sort of a new tactic. Uh, I, I think we should sort of do this backwards, and you should give your opinion of the film, because I think this is just going to be more of a passionate thing for you yeah. than it is for me. Well, I mean, since I already know you're going to come at it from a, like an attacking point uh -huh. of view, I don't mind doing that. I didn't want to do it initially. Yeah. Because I was like, if he's kind of neutral on it, yeah. him hearing that I really love it is going yeah. to make him have like an anti-reaction. <laughs> but since you already dislike it, The Wonder it, Woman fine. effect. Yeah. <laughs> um... We should actually do, I was thinking about it, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman just came out, we should do a Wonder Woman podcast. I have a lot to say about it. And you could pirate that one. Yeah. We, I'm just, when is Spider-Man coming out? Yeah. I am dying over here. Yeah, no, that'd be, it'd be nice to do Spider-Man for sure. I wouldn't <laughs> mind doing Wonder Woman. I think you'll be disappointed because I, I suspect I will think it is... I Basically know. on par. I think. I think I'll. I think. Oh, I think oh. I'll enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Doctor Strange and mm. Iron Man. Oh, there are a couple tropes. Yeah, maybe. But there are a couple tropes in this that like totally destroyed it for me. A trope enthusiast. Yeah. Well, how many? Uh, how many movies have I rated above a four? I think it was uh, Doctor Strange, Guardians 1, well, Guardians didn't I give it a 2. Four? I thought I got oh, above a 4, yeah, not above. 4 and above. Yeah. So Guardians 1, Guardians 2, Civil War. Okay, because I gave Civil War 4.5. And Iron Man 3, you gave a 4.5. You gave Civil War a 4.5. No, no, I didn't give it a 4.5. Listening uh, back listened, to it. Yeah. I think I listened to it and it. I listened to it. I, I gave also it a four. listened to it. I think it was a 4.5. It <laughs> was your favorite MCU I film. said I'd almost give it a 4.5, <laughs> but it wasn't really better. Hmm. You really had liked the idea that it was my favorite, <laughs> even though I never said it was. I did say I liked it more than Iron Man, and Iron Man at the time. You can understand my, my favorite, confusion, but I did not give it a four point five. <laughs> you just said the word four point five in that podcast. Yes, which, as we mentioned before, could be a digit of your phone number. It could. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down, people. Coming at you hot. Um, so I have several talking points about this film, but I also we got some side stuff to talk yeah, about. I mean, we, been, we've never gotten to a film within the first five minutes. No, that's before. insanity. We can't we can't start now by no Possibly. means. No matter how unmarvel filled these films are. Yeah. Um so starting off, this is just some mailbag stuff. Uh I was looking at my phone and just reading news, like, what am I going to talk about? I can only, you know, shit on this awful film for, like, ten minutes. Awful? <laughs> That's insanity. There's no way you watched this and you thought it was awful. Um, Even if you were bored, which I suspect is very likely. 
it's still I, well made. I will say, um, uh, I don't think I had watched. I remember watching it like freshman year of high school, yeah. like ninth grade, and I don't remember the ending of the film. So there was some content that I hadn't seen before, and hmm. that was pleasant. Yeah, but it wasn't what I remembered. And the Alec Baldwin scene is still, whew. Yeah, we'll get to it yeah. anyway. Um. Guess what film franchise, beloved film tra- fan, film franchise, is finally back? Uh, Mummy. That's right, Avatar. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard they started production. Four sequels in the making. The first one has a budget of over a billion dollars. Yeah. For one film, and it's going to focus on the blue people's children from the first movie. Yeah, and that's pretty crazy. I mean, a the first billion. movie was just so, so underwhelming. Underwhelming. We, we have talked about it here. Have we not? We no, we have. Okay, yeah, I thought yeah, so. We definitely have. <laughs> and I just saw that. Um, so, four movies are coming out between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty five. Okay. So the first one is December eighteenth, two thousand twenty. Hmm. Post Avengers four. So I don't really know if the world is ready for more films after. You know, the Avengers you think wraps they should it just up. take a year off? I think all <laughs> films should just stop production. I think we're going to climax. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how I think uh, the Beatles were the epitome of music and we'll never have anything better? Yeah. And you don't think that for some reason, even though you are a huge Beatles fan? Yeah. Well, I don't think they'll beat the peak forever. You think that something will beat the Beatles? Yeah. I mean, at the very I least, can't. the Beatles will be forgotten. No. I- <laughs> Eventually, yes. <laughs> Beethoven's still remembered, and he's not even. Yeah, as oh, as I mean, the further in the future than that. How further? I mean, I think the Beatles will be remembered hundreds of years from now, but will they be remembered? Thousands? Thousands? I think so. Uh, well, it is an interesting time to be alive because. This is the first time we've had recorded stuff. Yeah, essentially. So, in that sense, the recordings, I have no reason to believe they'll disappear. Mm hmm. So I, I suspect they'll be around as long as people are around, which is a pretty good run. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. um, so you texted me with the idea to watch this film after um, we, you know, we were looking for content. Yeah. <laughs> and I, in this I gap. yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, I guess we can do it. And you used the words, I want to go through the weeds in this film. So make sure you really watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which seems unfair because we didn't really go through the weeds in the Hulk, but I, I did watch like twenty films. <laughs> I yeah, I was thinking that yesterday. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, how did how did, I was about to text you? Yeah. Do you know how this feels to watch a film that I don't want to watch, <laughs> not on my time? <laughs> um, of course, that's all I've been doing as a joke. <laughs> as a joke, um, obviously, I would watch it, and I watched the thing in its entirety, focused on it. Uh, there was a ten-minute bit in the middle where Seth came up here, and we had a ten-minute argument about whether or not you could major in Klingon, the Star Trek language. Mm. I said you could take classes in it. You yeah. can't major in it. I doubt maybe there's some weird fringe school that has, like, some sort of goof degree yeah. in it. Yes. But That's, yeah, sure. And I Googled it. We argued for ten minutes. So I might have missed a bit of the portion of the film in the middle. Oh, wow. Um, there's really not a moment to miss that doesn't, you know. It's like it, they're building, like, a house of cards. I Each somehow, I so somehow managed. Yeah. Um, so, also, we saw It, and we didn't really get to talk about it because uh, we were playing Trivial Pursuit, a right. game that I destroyed he, everyone When in. Kyle hadn't seen it, we didn't want to oh, play yeah, it for yeah. Kyle. So, so why don't we talk about It a little bit? 
Okay. That rhymes, and you know it rhymes. I mean, in the sense that a word rhymes with itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Same. There was parts, I, like, I didn't... The clown was good. Yeah. I don't think the clown was perfect. Sure. I agree. His weird jittery movement stuff, too, felt like a bit too modern horror yeah. for me. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, kind of a jump scare. Yeah. Though that, there's that one weird shot where he's doing the thing where he's, like, not can-canning, but, like, kicking his yeah. legs up, yeah. and it's stabilized on his head. Yeah. Which was an interesting effect, but again, I don't... I, it didn't really scare me so much as me just being like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They stabilized it to his head. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be neat to try. Um, after it came out, the day after opening night, they already confirmed the sequel, which mm-hmm. they weren't going to do until they knew that they had a lot of money and they had a very big opening yeah. night. So they were like, thumbs up. They're the biggest R opening ever now, right? Um, they beat Deadpool. For September. I think they're the biggest R opening oh, of all think? time. I think because they beat Deadpool. Well, Deadpool maybe I'm thinking horror. They're the biggest yeah, horror horror yeah, movie, probably. Because Deadpool, I don't think was even number one for R opening. The yeah. Matrix was. Let's find out. Um, also, would this be a good ep to go through our uh, Paul Simon Sting concert? Because we've been sort of te- teasing the fans about that. I mean, we'll see how long we talk about Glenn Gary. <laughs> you want to come up with that at the end? Yeah. This seems like a long discussion, and I feel like we're just going to keep pushing it off. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think that's probably. I think it's better to put it at the end. But I do think there's a decent chance we will have time for it. Okay. That's what you said about Extraordinary, and we only talked about that for 30 minutes. Um, yeah. What is the verdict? Uh, I, I see it like a lot of... it. I Googled like records that it broke, and it's just like yeah. a bunch of articles saying record-breaking weekend. Yeah, well, no. of course, I know that. Every, <laughs> pretty much if you make like, if you have a good weekend, you break a record. Yeah, that's, some that's what it is. Anymore. Well, because they just they break it down to it's a specific enough subgenre that yeah. no one's in it. Exactly. And wow, biggest movie starring blank or yeah. biggest movie starring biggest Keanu Reeves opening ever. Yeah, and you know, then you get better press because it says biggest opening or record breaking. Yeah. Um, so who do you think is going to be cast for the adults in the sequel? Goodness. Oh, I can see that going pretty bad because now they have so much. Resources, Hike. yeah. That I think a listers are going to try to get on it. I don't think they should. I, I think, think it should be completely well because the kids in this film, I, the only kid you, you recognize is the Stranger sh- Things kid, yeah. and he was actually cast in this before he was cast in Stranger Things. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he was actually almost didn't get to do Stranger Things because he was cast in it. Wow. But uh, since I think they had some sort of like delay in production in it mm-hmm. that allowed him to shoot Stranger Things. Wow. But I, I think. And also, he did a stellar job just because of how yeah. different those no, two characters was, are. Yeah. Like, what a, a day, child actor. You know, what a year. Oh, yeah. No, for he, him. He's had a stellar run so far. Yeah. And I honestly prefer him as the asshole that he is in It much better than The Stranger Things, the geek. Yeah, I mean, I think he's super solid as both. I couldn't have a complaint either way. But, oh, man, I, I just think if they get, like, famous adult actors, it's going to be worse. Ori- I want to get unknown people. The original one had, like, B-list yeah. What's his face was in it? John Ritter. John Ritter was in it. Uh, the dad from Sister Sister was in it. Yeah. It's not like it's, I don't think I think they're gonna go that approach. I, I'm not sure they have the like the the. I don't think they're gonna. Who do you think they're gonna cast? I think it's who hard are you to, concerned that like, the casting? Josh Hutchinson. Who? That the guy, the short guy from Hunger Games. Ugh. Well, these no, they've got to be forty now. 
Oh, that's true. This is 27 years in the future. That'll help. Because <laughs> it won't be the hot young kids. Yeah. No, my, my fear is it's like Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh. Or... You think Chris Pratt would play the fat kid? You think he's old enough? To be 40? Is he 40? He'll be... No, he's not 40, but he could play 40. Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to... Toby Maguire. How I'm trying to think that how be? old all these actors are. Because I keep... Like, then I thought Nick Offerman, but surely he's above where they're supposed to be. Why would you? No, I, he, I can't see him in this film. No, but I'm just, I'm just spitballing ages yeah. right now. I'm trying to figure out how old 40 is. <laughs> <laughs> like, what actors do I know that are 40? Just take your age and add um, four. Yeah, it's people. You're 36. Who was playing 20-year-olds when I was <laughs> yeah, four? <laughs> Toby Maguire. Played a high schooler at age 30. Yeah. Well, Toby Maguire, I actually don't think is a bad actor. Yeah. We definitely differ opinion-wise on the I Spider-Man films. Yeah, he wasn't great in that. But he was good <laughs> in um, The Ice Storm. What? He was like a child actor in that. Oh, okay. Well, not well. a child. He was like 14 or 15. So old enough to be playing Peter Parker. Yeah. Instead of waiting 15 yeah. years. Did you see the Cider House Rules? No. I think you'd enjoy that. It's we got Michael Caine. Toby Maguire been in? Has he been in anything with it's like really challenged him? I mean, he was He's in Great Gatsby and the the Pussy Posse. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I was familiar with his work there. <laughs> <laughs> Who were the three of them? It was Lee, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and some much less like, famous yeah, person. No, it was David Blaine. Oh yeah, it was, it was a weird like, guy. Yeah, in the pussy posse. Or no, was it the guy who holds his breath and stuff? Is that David Blaine? Yeah. Okay, that's David Blaine. Yeah. The magician. Yeah. The sorcerer. David Blaine. Yeah. Uh, for those three million listeners out there who are more familiar with our podcast than the Pussy Posse, mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Hollywood mythology. <laughs> <laughs> At its finest. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, Chris Pratt, I don't think will fit in this film. Um, I but don't yeah, that's my that's my fear it. is that it's like Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt. I would hate and if like Jennifer Lawrence. Like you know, just those people. Yeah, I. That would be frustrating if Jennifer Lawrence yeah. or someone like that was cast in. This. I just don't want to see like any big names. I want I want to see people like pull people from TV that aren't in that much stuff. Not CW stuff, obviously. Not back tier TV. Yeah, like just pull them from weird spots. Some Netflix original actors, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix original actors. <laughs> they, they bred. Well, that, that's basically them. like TV level now. Yeah, because TV is, is so garbage. Like ne- you don't really. The reason network actors and like CW actors and TV actors like that can't make it is just because they're garbage. You think? Yeah, I CW actors are so bad. They're just they're so. I mean. Well, it's hard to say because really the direction, the, yeah, the directing and everything else, the producing and yeah. what they're telling uh, there's, people There's a to chance do. you could be in a CW show and also and you be you have good, good chops, yeah. But you're gonna settle for fifty thousand dollars an episode, yeah. Probably more if you're all of fifty thousand dollars an episode. That's good. I know. Probably more though if you're on Arrow. Hmm. Surely not the the. Extra, like the second tier no, no, no. character. I'm saying if you're Oliver Queen. If you're the lead. If you're the lead, you get more than 50 grand an hmm. ep. And there's like 24 eps per season. That's pretty good. Huh. It is a lot. a lot. Do you think you could do that? Say all of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think you could say all the. But you gotta mean it. 
You gotta. Yeah. So you're the lead. I'm gonna put cast you in. You want me to do the CW brood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want you to be Oliver. Qu- well, pick a hero that hasn't been done yet. I don't know. I need like a quote or something to say. Well, Oliver Queen's quote is "You failed this city," and he says it to all the villains before he huh. has their. So you think you could seriously say something like that every episode and mean it? <laughs> I think it'd be easier to do. And then watch yourself and like listen to me and our and Seth talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I would never be cast but <laughs> but hypothetically hypothetically I'm cast I'm showed up they put me in the costume I'm walking out onto the set <laughs> in the green arrow garb yeah or and I have to say you failed this city yeah after you do I mean the fight sequences will be easy that's just like does he do a voice at all yeah he has the Batman voice the deep Batman oh, voice like, uh, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> not the chain smoker voice yeah the, no, Batman, I, the Christian Bale I coughed on it yeah how Batman, where are the other drugs going? You failed the city. (laughs) Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. (laughs) You can do it seriously. Yeah. And then... I definitely wouldn't do it like that. I would not do the Batman What would? What about... All right. So you'd have to say things like the famous Ghost Rider line. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Men who have the power to change their... The guts to sell their soul for love have the power to change (laughs) the world. You could say that seriously. Yeah. Do it. I mean, this is in a serious <laughs> environment. I got you sitting across the same oh, table smiling. So you can smiling. do it in the, yeah. That's no, I, I need, you don't think anyone's going to be laughing set, at this bullshit on set. on set? Yeah, no, I, on set they're respectful at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> All of them? Well, probably not like the uh, the guys putting up the lights and shit. They're probably cracking up yeah. behind the scenes. But the Because they also like True Detective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they come to do this on their on the side job. Yeah. You could. I don't think you could do this. I don't think you got it. Even <laughs> if it was for sixty k or however much he's pulling in per app. Yeah, I, I would love to practice it before trying to do a live read about it on the podcast. <laughs> okay, you have a, you have a week. Okay, to ne- next episode I'm doing the entire. We're doing a, a cat. We're doing a read of the whole scene. Okay, I'll get a. I'll get the best arrow scene that I've seen and okay. we will table read it that is gonna be great <laughs> I mean make sure you send it to me before so I have a chance to oh obviously no I wouldn't just give it to I'm, you I'm gonna be improv. running lines you yeah. know all week yeah getting absolutely getting into character I won't pick a long one too we don't want to bore our fans but I will I will find a dynamite script <laughs> I decided the, who are you gonna play um, whoever the side, I'm everyone who's not green arrow cause okay. you're gonna have to oh, okay so I'm just green you're green just green arrow I'm gonna be all the side people Maybe I should pick a couple. I want. To- is there is there a scene where just the main villain and, and the Green Arrow talk? Because that'd be great. Uh, there's several. Perfect. <laughs> pick one of those. <laughs> you. I, I want to pick multiple. I want to pick one because you got to. You have to be. Yo, the, you want range. You got exactly. <laughs> you got to embody the Green Arrow. You got to have. You got to. I'm gonna do a love interest scene where uh-huh. I'm gonna read the part of the girl, uh-huh. his long lost love, and you're gonna have to say very corny CW love lines. <laughs> Uh, that I will have on to you to me. I mean, you can pretend I'm anybody. I won't mind. Um, and then we will do a villain one, and then maybe we have, I'm just going to find a stupid line that he says, and I want you to say that. Okay. So those are the three things. Maybe next week should just be a DC episode, and we do Wonder Woman then. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Sounds okay. good to me. All right. That's on the docket. Get ready for... Me to tear apart two movies in two weeks. Wow. Um, oh, also, uh, last sidebar before we dive right in to, mm-hmm. to Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross. GGGR. GGGR. 
Um, and I also think we should we should get a little take a few steps on the pre-production of Glengarry Bedrock while we're talking about this film. Mm-hmm. I just think there's going to be a lot of natural segues. Sure. Um, so the other day I was a little hungover one morning. Mm-hmm. I woke up and I was flipping around the channels. Guess what's on TV that I've never watched? <laughs> Bedrock. No. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. And I thought, Joss Whedon, this was like his first thing. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Marvel and Avengers and stuff. Yeah. This seems to fit right in. I watched seven episodes. Yeah? Yeah. That good? There's, I, well, there's, you would not like it. There's a lot of network TV. It's kind of like a back then CW show. But it was the first one. So there's a lot of cool stuff in it um, that, you know, it was the first time they had done that on television. Mm. And the choreography is really great, like, because mm. they're just, it's like Taekwondo and they're fighting vampires yeah. and stabbing them in the heart. Whereas now it's CGI and superheroes are doing all the. Yeah. the I mean, stuff. occasionally I can stand some networkiness. Like, The West Wing definitely has some network yeah. schmaltz in it. Yeah. But it kind of rises above this, it. This, I watched. With a Sorkin power. There were like three good episodes and then I, three more I had nothing to do this day <laughs> three more that were pretty mediocre and then the last one uh, which sort of ties into the podcast um, let me give you a little Buffy lore before I get in sure. I think this parallels my Civil War argument perfectly this one episode of Buffy hmm. so Buffy is a vampire slayer right? I've heard she slays vampires mm-hmm. um, and in season one I looked, I looked up the lore she dies and there must be a vampire slayer at all times. Hmm. She comes back to life. But during her absence, while she's dead, they bring in another vampire slayer. Hmm. Her name is Faith. So now there are two vampire slayers. This is like season three, I think. Okay. So the two vampire slayers are killing vampires, vampires. together. <laughs> and they're fighting, you know, vampires. Yeah. And the other chick is, you know, she's a bit more rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's just a... She is the Captain America in this scenario. Faith. Buffy's the Iron Man. Yes, okay. Buffy's the Iron Man. Um, and Faith goes up... They're fighting vampires, naturally. And Faith accidentally stabs a human in the heart. Whoops. Yeah. That also kills humans. <laughs> it does, <laughs> as they found out. Yeah. And Faith was like... Let's not worry about this. Let's not tell anyone because yeah. then I could get arrested yeah. for killing, you know, people. And Buffy's like, we should tell, like, the authorities. And Buffy, or, and then Faith's like, we're protecting people. It's fine. It's justified. Like, what's one civilian casualty? Yeah. Do you have an argument for this seven-hour endeavor that I... Hmm. That naturally, like, like, which side am I taking? Yeah. Well, you already, I already know what side you're on. I just want to hear you defend Faith's actions. Because, well, well, I'm not necessarily on Faith's <laughs> side. Because, but you're on Captain America's side. Yes. Which is the same side. Uh, I see the parallels you're drawing between the two sides. Yes. But the vampire slaying is much more small scale. I. You should watch Buffy. There are a lot of vampires. Yeah. More than I knew existed before I watched it. I mean... Like, every other person in this town is a vampire. That's crazy. More vampires get to run amok if Faith is in prison. Sure. And presumably they're killing people, or else there's no reason yeah. to kill them. and they're making more vampires. Yeah. Yeah. So We don't want that. Mm, definitely a bit of a moral quandary. Yes. Like... 
the Civil War argument, I'm which curious, he firmly took the side of the murderer, Captain America. That's because ah, that's because Iron Man was aligning himself with like a, a, a so is that your a government that they knew was corrupt. So you don't. That's the big. You just don't like the government. If they were duking it out themselves. I, I don't like the government in the Marvel films. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the government... You, you love the government now. I in know. In real I know. life, I love the government. <laughs> Huge <laughs> fan of the White House and You know, not enough Congress. people are saying this, but they're knocking it out of the park day after day after day. Day after day. we got a tough job. I would say the American people are really good at electing leaders. <laughs> Just strong people that, that are experienced... They know what they're doing, and they make policy changes that work for the people. But not the Marvel people. No. No, they're terrible. No, they're too busy <laughs> trying to fund flying in the air jets, or in <laughs> aircraft carriers. Not even jets. Jets are reasonable to put in the air. <laughs> aircraft carriers are not reasonable to put in the air. Interesting. Um, so you don't really have a defense for faith? Uh, what if Buffy voted? I mean, what if Buffy sh- wanted to align herself with the government? I'd have to know what the government in this town is like. I think we should just like. watch us. It's it's corrupt. The mayor is a vampire. Okay, then I side with faith. <laughs> but Buffy's not aligning herself what? with the government. With the mayor? <laughs> the mayor's a vampire? No, sorry. The mayor is a demon. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> equally bad. He creates vampires or some shit. Okay, yeah. I'm on, I'm on Faith's side. But Buffy is Faith not... Strong. No, Buffy is also trying to kill the mayor because he's a demon. Uh-huh. But she wants to turn Faith into the cops. Yes. The police chief i assume is loyal to the mayor i we don't know the police chief in this realm are we in this sure world. i've never met him yeah, i only watched could seven be episodes episode. he could be we could very he well could be, be a vampire this missing piece. <laughs> he could be everyone in this fucking show is a vampire yeah. except buffy but is she i haven't watched so maybe she does become what a if vampire? that's the twist she's a vampire, she's a vampire, the, vampire the whole time, whole time? no because she can't is no, because you can't go out in the daytime if you're a vampire. Honestly, this show sounds pretty good. It's it's honestly not that bad. Especially, it's just... I like, some, I like the idea of not knowing like who's good and who's it bad. It has so much 90s nostalgia. Yeah. The problem is it's 24 episodes a season, and they were definitely throwing in so much filler yeah. content. Like some episodes, they're all... Oh, one of the episodes I watched was a homecoming episode, and yeah. they're all like trying to get to the dance, her and her <laughs> friends, but at the same time, vampires are trying to kill them. Or like some, the yeah. mayor aligned this Legion of Doom, and it's all these weird like Warcraft characters, yeah. like one's named Meat Claw or something. And it's are just you like, sure we shouldn't do a Buffy the Vampire? I kind of, I mean, we should definitely touch on it in an episode <laughs> or so. Um, the content I watched. What, half of what it, do we name our Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast? Um... Vampires suck. <laughs> versus, versus no, they don't. No, versus Buffy slays them. <laughs> I like vampires suck versus no, it doesn't. Um, or Buffy with the boys. <laughs> oh man! And the boys is spe- or all these the word or Buffy is spelled with like stakes or something like that. Something yeah. catchy. There's so many episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and if you can't watch Agents of Shield, you're not going to be able to stomach all this. Uh, I think I'd enjoy it more. I don't think so. I think you'd enjoy a few episodes more. Yeah, I they need. I need. We need someone to do an edit. Like there's. Yeah, yeah. Of of like Dragon Ball Z has like ton of filler, but they've gone yeah. back and like condensed yeah. the episodes. I into think the important. I stuff. would totally be down to watch a two hour Buffy edit fan edit for like each season. 
Oh, you think there's that much content per season? I guess, yeah, there probably is. Two hours, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd assume 24 episodes. <laughs> All right, you find that, we will touch, we will... I wonder if anyone's done a fan-edited bucket. It, I mean, it's got it a big was cult, big show back it's got a in the big day. It was calling. like the first show like this. And it's Joss Whedon. Someone has to have Someone's done, done this. Someone has done it for every season. Right, I'm going to see if I can find a fan-edit. And I thought, I was listening to an MCR song, My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Uh, song the other day and it was after watching Buffy mm-hmm. and it's a very deep cut off the first album that nobody has mm-hmm. and it's called Vampires Will Never Hurt You and it, it didn't chart or whatever and yeah. I'm like I wonder if anyone has ever made a Buffy parody video like with this song in the background yeah. sure enough it exists yeah hmm. the deep cut to an album that nobody has yeah that's definitely the kind of following Buffy has I've seen it on Reddit like yeah. the, like that fandom yeah it's big. I mean, my worry is that those people kind of seem like the Doctor Who people, and I've yeah. not got, had any <laughs> success getting into Doctor Who. Yeah. there's some. It's kind of similar in that there are elements about Doctor Who that I've heard that I find interesting. Yeah. But whenever I actually watch it, mm-hmm. I'm, I do not like it at all. Yeah. It's basically like all the worst moments of the Sherlock show. Mm. Those are bad. Yeah. <laughs> I have not watched any Doctor Who. Yeah. A lot of Buffy, though. Yeah. Um, and Interesting. I hear, well, the other problem is um, David Boreanis of Bones fame is like, they do this will they, won't they between mm. him and Buffy the whole time. And anytime he is on screen, it is the absolute worst. <laughs> it is, it's like Twilight bad. Oh. So, but in season four, I was watching season three, in season four, he leaves to start his own show, Angel where he's a vampire detective, which I will never watch. What were those executives doing? <laughs> they were like, Buffy is making uh, crazy money. Let's give David Boreanaz his own show. Yeah, I don't like that guy in general. Uh, no, this is the worst you will ever see him. Huh. But season four through seven, he's gone. Hmm. So I think even and the stuff I watched was pretty good. I do like seeing... What creators were doing early in their career, too. Because yeah. it's like, what what did they do that let them get to where they are yeah. now? Why does Joss Whedon have so much Doing creative control? Like, yeah. Yeah. And fixing the Justice League. Hmm. I, I'm definitely curious enough to watch a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. All right, well, maybe we watch a couple and we see we see where we at. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you probably could have this week because you didn't have a movie to watch. Yeah. You probably also should have watched The Leftovers, which yeah. I bet you You know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> sounds like an anime. Yeah. Like like just bit. like the way you're describing the plot and the romance name. and stuff. Yeah. Like that's how anime's are. like it's just so like You talked a lot about dumb. anime on this podcast and I did not know you ever watched anime before we started doing this. I didn't really. Oh. I mean I watched some as like a kid, like Pokemon. Sure. Uh Yu Gi Oh Digimon. Uh Dragon Ball Z and Digimon. Is there any other animes that were popular as a kid? Digimon. Those were the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, yes, Buffy is stellar. I, so uh, next week, DC episode mm-hmm. in the future. Also, I kind of want to watch, after we talked about it, we should watch this fan four stick movie with Seth. Okay. And just see what happens. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Because it is truly terrible, and we will all just be able to unanimously. Yeah. There's, there won't be a, it. Yeah, positive thing about it. And we haven't I mean, done that yet. It's Marvel. It's more related than Glenn Gary Ross's, <laughs> which we Maybe. are about to dive into. Yeah, we are 30 minutes into this, I so guess. it's about time. All right, so why don't, the, why don't you give your review? 
How many Avengers does Glengarry Glen Ross get? Uh, here, actually, I want to do a quick calculation, because I think, I have, like, a grade in my head that I want to give it, but I don't know how, how many, many out of six that necessarily uh, means. You're the math guy. It seems like something you'd know. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> here I am, using my calculator. Yeah, close. I'm going to give this. Mm-hmm. Here, let me just tell you at the table. Who's at the table? Okay, tell me who's at the table. Uh, Black Widow. Okay, why? It's just cause. <laughs> Black Widow, Hawkeye, Iron Man, mm-hmm. uh, Captain America. Okay, this is like all the main, like the OG Avengers. Thor. That's a lot <laughs> of Avengers at your table. Bruce Banner. Okay. <laughs> Half. <laughs> yeah. So five and a half. And Tiny Ant-Man. 5.75. Yeah, that's why I wanted to do it like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'd give this an A, like a 95. Sure. So that's this, what I was aiming for. So this is... 7.75 actually goes a little above. Against all odds, this is better than any Marvel film yeah, you've yeah. seen Be- better all than summer all long. Yes. Really? Yeah. That is interesting. I think it is a better film than all of them. <laughs> that, I think a lot of people would disagree with you. Oh, yeah. Probably absolutely. Probably 90% of people. Well, because Marvel is much more popular. Maybe 99% of all people. Mm, if you're including international audiences, yes. definitely. No one would enjoy Glengarry Glen Ross overseas <laughs> because they don't have the necessary context um, to watch it, really. I mean, I okay, think like, well, British people would like it. I think you're the only person who has the, this opinion, is what I'm saying. I think if you did it only domestically, I think you'd, you'd find a decent amount of people. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, because Marvel movies are huge, but they're not universally loved. Yeah. They're still like a, a solid like 30% of the population that has no interest in them. Mm-hmm. And the 70% that like them, I feel you like... You think you make up 30% of America? Mm, no. <laughs> You're the only person who doesn't like them. Mm, no. No. <laughs> There are plenty of people that don't like Marvel movies. I don't think so. I am Adam. And there and there's a lot of people I think that are kind of lukewarm to positive on Marvel movies that don't love Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I think the amount of people that don't watch Marvel movies at all and the people that really love Marvel movies is probably a, a pretty equal amount. Mm-hmm. And then there's that broad middle bit where they make their money that are just kind of like, yeah, it's good enough. I'll go see it. I'll buy a ticket. Okay. The movie pass audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you got yours yet? No. You should. Should I? It's all right. Think of all the money you'd save by all the films that I'd make drag you to, and then we can talk. Like, we could go see Justice League and then rant about it oh. on this podcast <laughs> for free. I mean, I do like the movie-going experience. My only problem with the movie-going experience is the trailers. You do have... Well, you just show up late. Then I won't get a seat. I mean, I guess if you're there... I'll be there, watching yeah, the trailers, soaking seat. them in. And we do have to see Thor Ragnarok in theaters. Yeah. And I already have a movie pass. Yeah. I already actually have some uh, some regal passes that I oh, got okay. for my birthday. Okay. So you, you can hold I'm, on to I'm those. set for another three movies. Okay. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. But if you had movie pass, you could see 30 movies. I would month. really... The, the thing it's I, only ten dollars. You can totally justify that because it already pays for itself. If one you see one movie a month, it pays for itself because the movie ticket well, is twelve dollars. Only if I was going to see, like, if I was if I was going to spend zero dollars in a month because I wasn't going to see anything, and now I'm spending ten dollars a month to see something I didn't want to see, I'm still out ten bucks. But I don't. You think there's there would be a month in this like. 
because I could honestly see myself going to see a garbage movie yeah, just to get just out could, of the house. Exactly. Because like it, it's kind and, of And fun. it's free. Yeah. And I don't think there would ever be one month where there's not one decent movie playing. Yeah. And it's even... If you sacrifice one month and you don't get anything for $10, you see, like, during Oscar season, you th- see three movies in a month easy. Yeah. How many national releases are there in a year? Good question. Is there more than 30 a month? National releases? Um, if Are you talking about independent films, too? I don't think there's more than 30 a month. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's 30 that are maybe nationwide. 20. Yeah, so you could basically see every movie yeah. that goes... Oh, absolutely. Which I think would be phenomenally interesting. Yeah. Because to do that for a year and just see what happens. Yeah, just see everything. Yeah. Oh, that would be... Think of how much great. more developed your palate would be after seeing every movie in a year. Yeah. What would that do to your taste of film? I don't know. It like, would enhance it tenfold. Because this is a pretty interesting podcast idea. <laughs> we both commit to watching every single... Or yeah. even like a, like a... Or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, you're talking about movie pass as progression yeah. for what we're doing. I wonder if anyone's the, already started. Marvel I wonder if in the wake of movie, actually, I bet there's someone doing this podcast before, just watching all the movies and yeah. paying money like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's hmm. probably true. Well, that's pretty interesting. Anyway, Glenn Gary, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I say it's a ninety-five. That's okay. So. Uh, this movie starts out. Wait, wait. Did you want? Uh, do you give reasons when you do your rating, or do we? You just say your rating, and then we get into I say it. Say my rating, and then we get into it. Okay, then that's how we do it. Um, what podcast have you been on for the past eighteen episodes? <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of content. Okay, uh, moving on. It starts out on a rainy day, uh-huh. like most people would see in a Hulk film. Remember when the Hulk? had that rain scene yeah this is similar to that it, it was raining so so far rain. i'm in because <laughs> it rained yeah it's just like rain. the hulk <laughs> um and then alec baldwin comes in immediately right he's like the very first mm-hmm. scene yeah um and then he talks to the three salesmen why was i don't know why al pacino wasn't in the talk part of the talk because he wouldn't have stood for that shit uh, that character would not have jived with uh alec yeah. baldwin's treatment um I think that's why they didn't have him there. Plus, it Probably just makes smart. it more interesting because he, he's like the cool kid who doesn't show up. Yeah. It threw me off um, just because I was not expert. He shows up, and then I'm like, I thought Al Pacino was in this. And then I see yeah. him, and I'm like, where the fuck was he? So, I, you know. Yeah. So, much like the Winter Soldier not being a German resident, this bothered me throughout the film. There's no reason for that to be the case. <laughs> they explain his absence. You even see him later. Wait, wait, yeah. Well, no, well, I know you see him later. He's a big part of the movie, but why yeah. Why was he absent? Well, wasn't he that. over at the other side at the at the bar trying to get he that guy to bar. get that sale? Um, he was trying to sell to High Sparrow. Okay. I thought he was talking to one of the... Um, hmm. uh, James Link. He was talking to that guy. The guy who he has the talk with later, who backs out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Alec Baldwin speech starts. I loved the Alec Baldwin speech. Yeah. I kind of already knew that going in. Mm-hmm. It was it's stellar. Yeah, really great scene. Um, and he's only in it for so, and he he's yeah. sort of like Hannibal. Well, and, and this movie's based on a play, Definitely which you can definitely movie. definitely feel. Well, no. It's it has it's, it was oh Glenn Gary Glenn Ross was yeah, play. and uh, it didn't have that scene. That oh. scene was added for the movie. Good. I cannot imagine this film without that scene. Yeah, wow. I, I think 
I mean, I think the film would still be very good without the scene. I do think this scene is a treat. It yeah. is one of the oh, best in the movie. Yeah, for sure. It, it might be the I best think it in is the movie. The best. Which is interesting because I almost uh, like you because it's so good. You have to contrast it with the rest of the film, yeah. which almost does the rest of the film a disservice because mm. of how good it is. <laughs> but I think it basically maintains. This that is exactly throughout. how I felt about Hulk. <laughs> Um, so let's see, uh, at this point in the podcast, I would try and find something wrong with the film and pick at it. Something that wouldn't happen in real life. I mean, I never, I'm never trying to find anything (laughs) wrong. I'm trying to enjoy the films. I I do my damnedest every time. I'm like, give me something to love, Marvel. Just turn off your brain. I'm trying, man. (laughs) Um, there was one scene in the restaurant, I don't know if it was Al Pacino who said it. Or no, I think it was the other two, after Alec Baldwin talks to them, they're... Just talking about this is bullshit. I can't yeah. believe we have to do this. Ed Harris and Eleanor. Yeah, and one of them says there was a guy, or he says something like this. There was a guy in the street saying it was so hot that he wanted me to kill him. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be true. No. So already this movie debunked. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> I I'm going through the weeds with you, Jordan, <laughs> on this, just like you went through the weeds with Hulk. Um. So, I, I will I will be a hundred percent honest. I first thirty minutes of this film, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I not just the not just the Alec Baldwin, but they're all when he presents the leads, mm-hmm. the the good the good leads, the golden yeah. ticket leads, and all of them are doing their damnedest to get out of doing the hard work. Yeah, to get the good lead. That it's like millennials the movie. It was <laughs> well. It's not just getting out of hard work. They're, the leads they have are garbage. Like genuinely difficult to sell. No, I don't. I agree with Alec Baldwin. I think like you know, if oh. you're that good, you can sell. also. Would he, like, well, I mean, Ricky Roman, Ro- Roma does Pacino's yeah. character. So theoretically, you could, I, I mean, I don't think either of us could sell those leads. Um, well, we're not salespeople. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm saying that. we could do something in our field equivalent to selling those leads. Hmm. I think if you're a salesman, you should be able, if you're a good salesman, you should be able to sell shit. So Alec Baldwin's speech, he says his speech, and he gets me all pumped up. Yeah. Also, do you think like he would? There could totally be like a fan theory that he's like an actor and he's not even like a salesman. They just hired him to to yeah. throw some fire under the yeah. salespeople. So I really enjoyed that. And then all of them are just like, ah, but we don't want to do the work. We don't want to put in the effort. That's an and interesting, that is, interesting that is, view of this. Oh, no, that's really what I got from it. Huh. I loved that. That's funny because that's like kind of a – it's a very uh, – See, because I, I I saw I was watching the movie kind of sympathetic to them, like yeah, I couldn't sell that. Oh, that that's tough. Like I, I I identified with like like imagining myself in a job that I really hated, mm-hmm. and the, and the point of a job, especially like a salesman type job, yeah. is you're trying to pressure people yeah. into situations they, they don't, don't want to be, be in. Yeah, yeah. I I would hate that. Yeah, I think. But these people clearly must like it because they're salesmen. It's so predatory. Like I could never be that predatory. And I think that some of the characters display like, like if you're trying to sell shit and you know it's shit. Yeah. Like I couldn't quiet. I couldn't be dishonest enough to push that. Yeah, but this is their job. Yeah, but even if it's my job, that's like that's like Ed Harris. Ed Harris saying I couldn't edit a video together. And you being like, I can. Hmm. But, I mean, you, even if you're a salesman, th- theoretically you have morals. <laughs> uh, not if you're a good salesman. 
Right. Uh, I so I really enjoyed that dynamic of the film, yeah. and I'm interested that you, that's. I mean, I that's guess funny. that you makes it kind of like an art piece if we get two different meetings, well, out, which like, is crazy because Hulk is like. I just I'm surprised you, you're watching it like you're the '80s guy from Futurama. Yeah. It's like if you're a Bonus. shark, <laughs> <laughs> you can't turn around if you're a shark. Necks are for sheep. Yeah. Sharks and sheep. If you're a sheep, get out. Well, I just which is actually kind of makes a little sense though because you were like. Marvel movies and hero movies. Yeah. You like movies that you can identify with someone who yeah. wins the game. Yeah. And I, I, this film is so great because I identify with people that are losing the game. <laughs> like, the game is tough and rigged against them. That is the, that's the main thing mm. that I'm getting out I of definitely this. It's like they not. have no chance and they still uh, have to play and it's, and it's hurting them I, just the way, not only emotionally but just like physically. I see that. I, uh, now that you're telling me this, I can yeah. definitely understand that point of view, but I would never have it, especially just because, like, just the way they are, their personalities, like, what's this, I don't know any of the yeah. actors' names, the main guy who tries to bribe Kevin Spacey. Uh, uh, Jack The Levin. guy with the sick daughter. Shelly the Machine. Shelly. Shelly Levine. Yeah. Um, the Machine. Yeah. So he's all like, I'm a hot, I'm hot shit, I sold a lot of leads back in the day, yeah. best salesman this yeah. year. Wait, I have to do work? I have to like try to sell these? I don't want to do that. I'm scared. But that's the vibe I got. <laughs> that's not his problem. He has a daughter who's chronically yeah. ill and dies. Yes. His, his, why can he not? If he was a golden boy at one point, why did he, what, what happened? The leads are garbage. I, so they were good at a time and now they're garbage? Yeah. No. If you're a good salesman, you can sell shit oh, and wow. tell them that it's you're you're a real shark. <laughs> oh, in a big way. So I was going into this. I was thinking how I'm, I'm going to name you know to for our Marvel fan base. I'm going to try and tie in Marvel characters, mm -hmm. uh, and I can't honestly say that any of these people would be Avengers. Kevin Spacey, fucking. The, yeah. the president in House of Cards, this is the most pussy role I've ever seen him in. This was yeah. That was insane to see well, him like that. All these characters are real people. That's the point. Uh, <laughs> They're not heroes. The, everyone can be. A hero can just come from the inside. Jordan. No. This this movie's like, sometimes the system's rigged against you. Alec Baldwin is a hero. Sometimes, or a great actor. Sometimes, even if you're Shelley Levine and your yeah. daughter's dying, it's all yeah. on the line, and you really want the sale more than anything, and you're late at night, and the rain's coming down, and you're going door to door trying to get something yeah. to... Buy something that no, no that one can possibly no one like, take. Yeah, and you still fail. Yeah, that's the that's the movie. It's like the you can the whole even if you try your best and you have the best intentions possible, you can still get shit flung your way. Mm -hmm. I, you can still lose. I just don't like. I mean, because it's again back to our Doctor Strange argument with the surgeons. Mm -hmm. You got to be cocky if you're a surgeon. Yeah, I feel like you got to be the same if you're a salesman. And Al Pacino was for sure, like, cocky. I think he had that yeah. rolled down. Yeah. So, it, he's still selling. I mean, at the end, you know, they do sh they show everyone failing at a point, And that's just sort of the premise of the film. Yeah. But I think it's just because all of these people are weak and not sharks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of more. Because I guess there's three acts in every film. So yeah. you can divide it up. Act one, I love it. Yeah, I am a big fan. Um, act two took a, as soon as the the place gets robbed, mm -hmm. I'm sort of bored for a, a short bit. I just sort of lost interest for a. But that's when the mystery starts because you're like, did, yeah. did Alan Arkin actually? No, and do I enjoy it? that when they reveal at the yeah. end the answer to the mystery. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that happens halfway through the movie, like an hour in. I mm -hmm. feel like I enjoyed 
like the first hour and then because I thought it was just all going to happen in one night and he's going to try and get these leads. Yeah. Um, but then it, the, it becomes daytime and yeah. Uh, what else happens before the robbery? Anything? Uh, I mean, like I touched on in my monologue a second ago, <laughs> that Shelly goes to that one house yeah. and gets like rejected. And, yeah. And it's like the guy's just like, I don't want you to be here. Which is also interesting because that's it's a very it's almost an exclusively male film. Yeah. The only women you see are the women working at the Chinese restaurant. Yep. That is like the only female characters. And, they, not, and they don't, not they're not even characters. characters. Yeah. But but like even when he goes to the house, he's going and, and the guy's wife yeah, isn't there yeah. and he's looking for his wife and the daughters off screen, yeah. you hear from like their wives, but you never see like any women. It was interesting that they had them at all in that restaurant. So. Yeah. Like, why would you do it? So, what do you think of the acting overall in this movie? Oh, it's stellar. It, it, really great. Across the board, yeah. like, there's not a weak actor in the bunch. Like, yeah. it, it, they just... And they play, like, Alan Arkin especially, I think, plays, like, that fragile, meek... Like, he's just so defeated. Which one is Alan Arkin? Uh, he's he's the uh, kind of... He's bald with, the, like, the shaved sides. Okay. Yeah. He's the one talking to Ed Harris at the beginning. Okay. I sort of lost track of what happened to everyone, because... Uh, Al Pacino. Seth. <laughs> well, yeah, the Klingon diploma that took a big part of my time. Why can um, you pause it? I don't know. It just—I <laughs> thought this every time. I, I thought the conversation was done. He would come back in and be like, "So you're saying that I'm wrong?" <laughs> it's just like you know, yeah. like talking to Seth. Yeah. Um, he'll hear this and have something to say next time he comes on. He might be hearing it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I but. Because it seems like act or the second half of the film, mm-hmm. the last forty minutes after the break-in, it seems it focuses on Shelley and Al Pacino. Yeah. And what happened to the third and fourth guy? Where are they? Well, so Ed Harris was. Let's see. I watched this a couple months ago, so I'm not as fresh on it as you are. <laughs> but uh, how crazy! Uh, Ed Harris was the one who was trying to goad someone into stealing the leads because he had a connection with some other yeah. guy who wanted the new leads. And was he absent from that scene because you think that he's the guy who did it? No, because I think they reveal that... Uh, well, who does, does it in the end? It's revealed... It's uh, Shelley. Yeah, okay, Shelley did. that's what I thought. Spoilers. Yeah, so Ed Harris, I guess, at the end has just convinced... Cause so he just what I what out. I assume happens is the night before, when they're all on the edge, yeah. Alan Arkin eventually backs out, even though Ed Harris kind of tr- tries to coax him into doing it. Yeah, uh, Alan Arkin's he's so defeated that he yeah. can't even rob the place. Like he's yeah. just like he has no fight left in him. But but Shelley, even though he's almost equally defeated, mm-hmm. has to he has to pay for his daughter's like surgery or whatever is yeah. happening to his yeah, daughter. Yeah. He has no option. Yeah. So he's forced to to steal despite all this. Sure. Um, and I really enjoyed the Al Pacino when that guy's backing out of the deal. I thought the guy, he's not even a main character. He's yeah. just, he played that part so perfectly mm-hmm. of how someone would be in that scenario. And Al Pacino is just like three business days. Yeah. Like, and he's, but that is three business days. No, no, no. Save the days with me. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. No, no, no. Friday doesn't count. And just, you know, like all that salesman nonsense. Yeah. Which is probably another reason why I don't really have any sympathy for these people because. You're not supposed to. <laughs> Then why? Well, I mean, you're supposed to have sympathy for like the sad ones, I guess. They're all sad. I have, well, I'll have as much sympathy for Roma as I do for Shelley, and I'll have as much sympathy for but Shelley. But I think for, they were uh, all. What's Alan Arkin's character? They were all called. They George were George Aranow. 
they were all Roma at some point in their career, for sure. If you're going to yeah. be at that front. So it, I can judge people during the time that they're in. Just because someone was a dick and now they're not a dick doesn't mean they're still a dick. But I'm, if I'm going in, I just, when I watch this film, I'm thinking, okay, salespeople. Mm-hmm. They, and this was back in the day, like, the, sort of the post-Mad Men years when sales were just tedious and telemarketing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whereas Mad Men, you'd take someone out to dinner, you'd get drunk, and you'd have a deal. Easy. Yeah. I, see, the thing with the deals they're striking, though, is they're not doing deals with other businessmen. They're doing deals yeah. like cold calls. Yeah. And, and and the office they work at is right next to some train tracks it's across yeah. the street from that Chinese restaurant. They're in a shithole. Sure. So I, that's why I'm saying, like, the leads are bad. Like, I don't think anyone could sell these leads. They're in a Alec shithole Baldwin selling could. shit leads. I don't even know if he could. Mm. I so think, you're, you think he's the actor? He's just an actor? No, no. I, I think, think he's, he's a great salesman. I think he's a businessman, but he's not selling these shit leads. He's, he could be. He's, no, he's he said hot. he could. Of course he said he could. He's trying to motivate a work for it. But he's good enough that he gets better leads. Mm-hmm. So it's like like a, if, if I'm playing baseball and someone's pitching it straight over the plate and I can crack a home run, that's easy enough to do as long as they're throwing it right down the middle. But if you put a pitcher up there who's throwing curveballs to me and I'm a worse batter, I'm not going to be making connections. What if you're a great batter, though? Uh, maybe like maybe Alec Baldwin's good enough to hit a couple of curveballs to where he gets moved up to the majors, I, and then he gets to hit like better stuff. I mean, obviously that metaphor doesn't work because pitchers are better <laughs> than majors, so it'd be harder to hit. But again, tying back to the Doctor Strange uh, surgeon argument, mm-hmm. just at first it, you just see like all these people, and I I think at some point he mentions like Alec Baldwin's there motivating these people. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I had already seen most of the film before. I yeah. definitely knew that all of them were, at least at a time, good salesmen. Mm-hmm. So I go in thinking, like, okay, these are competent salesmen. They have, maybe not now, but at one point they had a heyday where they were making the Don Draper bucks. Maybe not the Don Draper bucks, but well, yeah. with inflation or without inflation. Maybe. Um, so I'm watching this, and then immediately, as soon as it's, start or me as soon as Alec Baldwin's done they just they don't even start working they go to a bar they go to whatever they just start complaining can you believe we gotta do this job yeah like and that just sort of seemed like maybe that's why I thought of it this way and put that whole yeah. the whole film in but, this but frame. they've also they've also been working these leads for months sure so it's not like but that's just I, I just see a whole bunch of people coming up with excuses yeah, but they, I mean, in fairness, they were just bullied by a rich guy who has no idea what their actual struggles are. Maybe. He's just some hot shot from corporate Maybe who doesn't have to deal leads. with these bullshit leads. That's why I'm, I'm not convinced he could. I'm convinced he could sell anything. Just based on that scene, I'm, I'd buy anything from Alec Baldwin. But even Roma scene. can't sell these leads. Uh, yes. The only way Roma got close yeah. was uh, by convincing a gay man, well, not a gay man, but a guy with kind of homosexual leanings. Yeah. He basically seduced him and got him drunk yeah. and then kind of sold this as like an idea yeah. like of, of a better life under that subtext or whatever. Yeah. He, he finally schmoozed this guy in. And then as soon as the guy came to his senses, yeah. it deals over. Yeah. So it's like... It, it, even if Roma, using really cheap tactics, can't do it, I don't know how you can expect. Well, just where do you draw the line? Because I feel like, well, just also, because Kevin Spacey's like, you couldn't sell the good leads. Yeah. So maybe they're shitty salesmen. The be- you don't really know yeah. anything about their sales records other than at some point they had a heyday. They're not doing so hot now. Yeah. Um, 
so and you you just hear all of this art like yeah. Alec Baldwin said you could definitely sell it, and then Kevin Spacey's like you couldn't sell the good leads like you're shit. I mean, but so what if they are shit salesmen? I mean, I think they can be both. They can have genuine shit leads and shit salesmen. And they could have, like, previously, maybe Mitch and Murray used to work with real estate that was actually good. Like, maybe in their heyday, they were selling homes that people wanted. Sure. Or selling real estate that people wanted. So, of course, they could sell. Because Mitch and Murray, I don't know, maybe made some poor business decisions, and now they can only buy property that's, like, not quite as good. So now... Even if they were like mediocre salesmen selling great property, anyone can do that. But now you give the mediocre salesman shit property that no one wants, and the only way you can sell it is if you're like a 99 percentile, like the best salesman in the world. Yeah. Which you can't really expect out of a common person. I don't know. I think it's sort of, I mean, I agree with all the hand motions that you just made that our <laughs> viewers can't see with the That's whole, true. Yeah. The whole uh, schism. <laughs> um, but I think I view it anyway uh-huh. as top half or mediocre salesman for sure yeah um and they can't i feel like they should be able to sell anything at least i'm sort of you're giving them the benefit of the doubt and i'm not yeah i, guess I, I mean i I'm guess you, how can i can't ex <laughs> it seems like you have unrealistic expectations for them i guess alec baldwin just painted these unrealistic expectations but that's his point was, yeah. that's the point of alec baldwin's and character I, and i enjoyed that that was my favorite part of the film um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, again, it slowed down uh, after the robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end of the film, um, when you find out who did it, yeah, uh, which was it was a good reveal. And I enjoyed that. And then I loved Al Pacino talking that guy out of, or trying to talk that guy yeah. out. It was, he's such slime. Yeah, and another thing I like about this movie is I do... I like movies that are based on plays just because they're always so, Minimal. well, not not always, but they're a lot Minimal. of times they're yeah just set in like one location yeah. and you're just in a box with these characters and they're just yeah. kind of raging against the it walls. It reminded me a lot of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, like just because that's, that's also very much like a play. Like you just yeah. have people leaving, going yeah. off stage and coming back yeah. on. Yeah, and they're just kind of dealing with whatever situation they've been put in. Yeah, so. Um, that's that's pretty much my stance. I feel like we wrapped it up a bit too early. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like Craig <laughs> Ross didn't suck for you. <laughs> no, I was just I was playing with it. Um, it. I would have to get. Well, should I rate it now? Do you have other stuff to? to, to um, usually, to, I have picked apart these Marvel films in depth and asking you a series. Yeah, let me of see questions. if there's any funny lines from my. Oh, I, I did tweet. Um, or no, sorry. I googled. I like. How do I tie this to Marvel? And I googled Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Marvel. And the only result was someone tweeted, "Super excited of this Marvel version of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross with all transsexual females cast." <laughs> it's not real. It was just <laughs> a joke. Nuts. It was just yeah. <laughs> Who would you cast in that? I guess what you, transsexual females I'm, would you cast? I as? mean, you got to get that girl from. Uh, the Netflix show Orange is the New Black so just her I mean she's the hottest property <laughs> in that field right now <laughs> I don't the know hottest property ever. look at you Mr. Chauvinist <laughs> um I was about to say something about this film the oh I um if we were to like I could picture it also just the Avengers sort of I mean, those actors like Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth. 
Um, I don't know who play who, and but it's an option. Yeah. Well, I think he'd have to have Tony Stark as uh, Roma. Yeah. Well, uh, who would Kevin Spacey be? That's also like I can't imagine putting. Like, I could see Chris Evans because he's like the, these are the rules. This yeah. is what we got to do, guys. Yeah. Come on, it's not you're not mad at me. Like, yeah. it's, that's this. Well, I could see that. Uh, Mark Ruffalo would totally just. I, he's a convincing salesman. I don't think he'd be Shelly. I don't think he'd be as sad as Shelly. Oh, maybe he could be. Yeah. I, who do you put as Ed Harris? Trying to convince someone to help him rob. Hawkeye. I, I think you could Jerry put... Gunner. I think you should put him Ruffalo. as Aranow. Uh. And then you put ScarJo as Ed Harris. <laughs> She's trying to flip Hawkeye into getting him to steal. And Hawkeye's like, I got a family to feed on that farm, you know, where we all used to hang out. On that farm. Uh, you did mention that you were going to try and tie this into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. Well, so this is all happening, like, post-New York or No, it's all pre-New York. Pre-New York. Like, 20 years before okay, New York. Okay, so what is happening? It, like, Tony Stark is in college. Tony Stark's in college, yeah. Okay. Uh, wh- where is he in regards to this film? I mean, he's off off screen, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he's doing while they're doing sales stuff? I mean, he's probably he's probably started programming Jarvis, but right now Jarvis is like little flashing like white letters on a black background, and he's like coding them on floppy disks. Hmm. Okay, that, so, that's probably going. So on. that's that's Vision is also in this off screen. Yeah, in and a way. Then, well, I guess ScarJo's in Russia. Yeah. So she's pretty far away. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Renner is is learning to. Sh- well, he's not learning. To sh- I guess he's already. An he's got to be. Archer. Yeah, he's got to be. He's probably archer. like competing in. Maybe he's a collegiate archer. Oh, the, everyone's in college. <laughs> Avengers college years. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> like that, an American Pie. Now that's a sitcom. <laughs> Can you the Avengers. A and just all like high what would you call it? You gotta give it like a campy college name. Uh, Avengers High or something. <laughs> no, I mean, like Avengers Take on the Quad. Avengers University. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch the MCU. Shit out of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Marvel Cinematic University. What What could the C be? College. College <laughs> University. Marvel college University. Um. Is there any like C like like tech? I'm trying to think of like a word. Caltech. Well, yeah, but like I'm trying to think of a word that's college like, tech, like technical, but it begins with a C. Collegiate university. It can't be college <laughs> university. Uh, Calculus. Institute. I don't think there's a C equivalent of institute. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find a institute. Synonym. Synonyms. <laughs> this is going to be good podcast material. <laughs> well, I mean, once we get, we should also make uh, Glenn Gary Bedrock. Yeah. Actually, let's see how far we are into this. Who do we All cast? All right, we're over an hour. Who do we cast in Glenn Gary Bedrock? From the Marvel cast? Yeah. Uh, man, there's no synonym that begins with a C for Institute. But you're you know, you're persistent. Well, I I'm, admire I'm gonna that keep about looking you. it up. <laughs> uh, so, I really want to. Okay, well, I can talk about uh, Glengarry Bedrock. Sure. So presumably, this is all going to take place in prehistoric time. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's how. Yeah, that's, that's how bedrock does work. Is it going to be Flintstones characters, or it's going to be Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross characters with Flintstones atmosphere? I think it should be like old Flintstones, like not not Barney and Fred. And it's their after they all their their gray they, hair. They've given all fucks. They have no more fucks to give. Well, because because Pebbles. Yeah. I think is who has the illness. She's off screen oh, ill, okay. and Fred is Shelley Levine. Okay. And he's he's struggling, and then Barney. Let's see who Barney can be. <laughs> the whole podcast is just us putting people in Glenn Gary's shoes. <laughs> uh, I, Barney's definitely not Roma, and I don't. I think he has I, to do be. Do they have any friends? I think he has to be Alan Arkin. Okay, I think that's the only thing. He do they be. well? Do they have two other people that we could cast? Uh, not really. I mean, I bet if we watched it, like, he has a boss. Oh, and that boss, boss, I'm sure, we can put that boss guy as, uh... Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey's yeah. character. Yeah. Does he have any hotshot friends? I feel like they have one buddy they go bowling with. You have a lot of tabs on your computer right now. <laughs> characters. Wow, boss is one of the first things that came up. Fred Flintstone boss. Well, I don't even know what he looks like. Can't imagine. Uh, He's got like little round glasses and he's. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Flintstone? Alright, let's see. So. Should we. So let's just. But we will still cast actors from the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone. Yeah. Um, so who's playing Barney Rubble <laughs> as Shelley Levine? <laughs> um, I would for sure cast. Hawkeye just looks like Barney Rubble, kind of. Huh. In a way. Yeah. I'd probably cast him as Barney. What about Fred? Um, Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. yeah. <laughs> For I kind of sure. want to watch some some Flintstones now. Like, because like as a kid, yeah. like when Boomerang first started, yeah. I mean, even Cartoon Network as a kid had yeah. actual old cartoons. Yeah. And then they, they stopped doing that. So like, oh, we need to bring back the old cartoons. So they made a whole new network for it. Yeah. And then they did the same thing to that. They did 50 episodes a season. Flintstones. Wow. 50 episodes. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's like every year. But that's what Saturday morning cartoons were. It was every Saturday you'd have a new episode. There would barely be a weekend where you wouldn't have new content. Yeah. Do you remember those days? The golden days? <laughs> Do I remember the Flintstones airing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the 50s. Yeah. Or probably post, probably 60s or uh, 70s. Looks like it started in 1960. September 30th, 1960. Wow. How many episodes are there? Total? Yeah. Let's see. There was something like, I'm just going to do, I'm going to, this is, this is an approximation, so don't hold me to this, but I believe it was like 162 episodes. That's not as many as I thought. I mean, it was, it was six years. I still figured there would have been more episodes. Yeah. Hmm. Look at me. Uh, also, I miss those old cartoon soundtracks. Like they they had so like that like it was so dynamic like doing little slide whistles and stuff for everything. Yeah. Now it's just like they have like SpongeBob. It'll just loop the same background yeah. music. That's well, way difficult. easier to do. Yeah, and of you course. don't have to pay the but flute they, guy. But they used to yeah like they used to bring a whole band yeah. in to do it. Just like it was you know, expensive. Big movie. Oh, but it's it was so good. It was so I'm, uh, successful. I'm curious to see uh, just by, based on the title, like how many people listen to the Glen Gary Pod. As if that's the title, because I was looking at the popularity yeah. on iTunes, and the two least listened to are Thor two and Iron Man three, far and below. Like those are huh. the least, and those are probably the least 
desired films to watch, the ones that people have seen the least. Yeah. Because that's when Marvel yeah. fatigue, as you pointed out. I know well, more well, people and have seen just, Iron Man 3. Thor wasn't that good, so not many people were that excited by Thor toy. And Iron Man 2 wasn't that good, so people weren't that excited for Iron Man 3. Uh, I, I guess people would click on it based... All three million of them yeah. would click based on... Because the most popular one... Uh, Guardians is number one. Oh, really? Most listened yeah, I, don't, I don't think we've talked about this since No, Avengers we have not talked the about this, popular the popularity. All, our three million fans probably want to know what they're listening to the most. <laughs> they um, want to know. Yes. Uh, so, first place, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. Second place, Civil War. Okay. Third place. So, the ones with guests. Apparently, the guest episodes really Well, I mean, people are more likely to be a guest on an episode with a popular movie. Because yeah. more people care about Guardians than... No one was, like, banging down our doors to get on Iron Man 3. <laughs> we got it. We got to hear it. We got to talk we about gotta Iron talk Man about 3. It. This is yeah. Jordan's favorite film. I got so much to say about that. Um, uh, four, third place, Avengers 2. Mm-hmm. Fourth place, Avengers 1. Fifth place, The Pilot. Okay. Which you think yeah. that would be the most listened to. But I guess if you know all the movies, you just dive in based on what you want to hear an argument for. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if there is some sort of function of time. Like if it's, it, w- it was more popular when we first released it, but now since it's been a while, it's like... The way it works, I look this up, the, aggr- the way it works is it's total over time, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much you have to listen to for it to count. Yeah. So, and even if, so even if like say... Out of the three million people, mm-hmm. uh, say we only get twenty listens, yeah. which would be uncharacteristic because we have three million fans. Yeah, uh, if we had twenty listens for Guardians and we had two listens for Thor, the bars would still be the same. Hmm. And I'm not sure if you just like click to sample so people could be segment segmenting and just yeah. and that counts as a play or whatever. Who knows? It's it's an intricate science. See, iTunes. Now that's in the weeds. Yeah, <laughs> the weeds of iTunes. Well, I think that about wraps uh, it up. Why don't we do the Paul Simon Sting concert? Oh no! What? How much time do we have? It's almost an hour fifteen, which is the dream. I think we can do this in five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you just want to go through the set list? Yeah. It's not gonna. We took talked through an entire movie in all right record breaking time. Nah, I think we spent longer than that than we have on some Marvel films. I don't think so. Definitely, we argued less than we have on some Marvel films, and arguing took up a larger. Portion. Yeah, but I think we talked about that for almost forty minutes. The movie? Yeah. Uh, Over, like thirty-five. I, I think. I we just take more. I just hope we did the three million fans justice. Yeah, I think. I hope more people. After listening to this, they're going to go well, actually watch the film, even though we spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> even though we've ruined it. I mean, the, this movie is not about necessarily what happens. It's about how it's played. Yeah. It's it's about the the acting. is truly astonishing. Mm-hmm. It's oh, so it's, subtle. It's even, and I sort of knew how it would end. I mean, I didn't know the exact ending. Yeah. Um, I knew it going in, and I still really enjoyed it. You know, I'm not sure I watched the end the last time I watched it. Because my parents were watching it quite late, and I might have, since I'd Dozed seen it... off, because yeah. it wasn't the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, since there was no abomination coming after him. <laughs> I've waited years. this long for abomination, and he's not here. Mm. Um, Wait, what was your review? What'd you give it? You didn't give it... Oh, you're right. Of... Good call, good call. Um, so, I rank this... Probably four and a half Avengers. Okay. On par with Doctor Strange and Iron Man. 
Was that what you gave me? Iron Man 3. I gave Doctor Strange. Um, Yes, I did. Let me... We should have kept a running list of all of our scores. Like it's no, crazy. I have mine. I wrote oh, it down. I for you sure. only wrote down yours? Why the fuck would I write down yours? Because I'm also in the podcast. But I figured you'd be keeping track oh. with that brain of yours. That's not how my brain works. <laughs> uh, no chance you remember the date of this concert. Oh, goodness. It's, it's February... Man. Oh, March? How about I briefly talk about my drive home from this? Yeah. Bring that up. Uh, so I was in I was in DC with uh-huh. Cade, yep. going to this concert, and we stayed at a, a relatives of his house who were nice enough to open their home to us. And the next morning, uh, somehow when I was going to bed, I I misplaced one of my contacts, or maybe it <laughs> fell. Like uh, what's happened before is it falls and it hits not it doesn't land in the sink, but it lands on top of the spout, mm-hmm. which is a place that's hard to see when you don't have contacts that's in because it's so shiny. You don't see the shininess of the contact. Anyway, somehow my contact was lost. Mm-hmm. So I only had one contact. And then uh, I don't this know if I didn't have my leaving. glasses. But for some reason, I was having to drive with only one contact <laughs> in. And then I was leaving D.C., a city I'm unfamiliar with. Yes. I've been to maybe two or three times, but I've only driven in it basically this time. This is my first time driving in D.C. And my phone dies almost immediately. (laughs) Should have charged. With one eye driving. Yeah, no, it was rough. It was a rough drive home. I Um, I made it, I think. We did stay up watching all that. Or Keenan and Kel. Yeah, we watched the concert. Kel. <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, so I have the set list right here. Okay. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. And it was also, my aunt and uncle are big police fans. And I am also a big police fan of the band. Oh, uh, I thought you were talking about The Shield. <laughs> <laughs> my uncle did try to talk. Oh, we watched The Shield. Yeah, my we watched uncle talked us into watching Michael Chiklis in The Shield. Yeah. Um, what a wild show. Yeah. <laughs> that was we a fun like thing to watch. Two episodes? Yeah. Almost. We, he went to bed and we kept watching. Yeah. And then we found out that or, uh, Hung My Head by Sting was in one of the later episodes. Yeah. Full circle. That was actually probably... We haven't... We haven't let's let's get to the okay. Let's yeah. not spoil anything. Okay. So we open with Paul Simon and Sting playing together. Mm-hmm. Brand New Day by Sting. Yeah. The classic Sting song. Yeah. Turn the clock to zero. Yeah, it's fine. Brand, yeah, okay. Not, not super stoked about it. Um, as openers go, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a fine opener. It gets it gets my blood flowing. But a little not bit. as much as other Sting songs. No, definitely not. But <laughs> I, he saved all the A material. Also, I mean, these were moderately expensive tickets, and this show lasted like three hours. Yeah. And it, we got nosebleed seats. My yeah. aunt and uncle were in like the front row and spent like crazy <laughs> amounts of money. Um. The Boy in the Bubble is the second song. Mm-hmm. Paul Simon. Yeah. It's fine. Good. Uh, then we go straight into Fields of Gold, Panty Dropper. I am immediately 100% invested in this concert. Yeah, I wasn't too impressed by Fields of Gold. Do you, as a song as or a, as a live show? As a song. Have you not heard it before? Oh, I don't think I have. That's also one of the songs that Sting can still, like, nail it 100%. Because, like, some police songs, it do, like Roxanne, I don't want to hear Roxanne yeah. at, from Sting's. I definitely understand why people like it. I just, I don't, it's not, to me, like, it, it tries to be kind of folky hmm. and cool. I, but it, but it's like, 
Paul Simon does that so much better, and he's on the same concert, like that it pales in comparison. Oh, I love Fields of Gold. Yeah. It's just my I um, when I was talking to my dad about it, I got re- like really into that song my freshman year of high school. Yeah, and my dad's like, "Yeah, this is a good song. Who who did he cover this?" I'm like, "He wrote it." He's like, "Sting did not write Fields of Gold." So that is the bar that my father has for this huh. song. Um, then. Paul Simon walks off stage, thank God, and we get a lot of sting. Uh, we get every little thing she does is magic. Yeah, that's a great one. Stellar. Englishman in New York, also great. That's another good song that he can still sing. Yeah. That isn't that police. Then we get Hung My Head. Yeah, that was, I think, my this my favorite song that I did not know yeah. previously in the concert. And it's was a very that. and I had never heard it. And it's yeah. a very interesting song. Yeah, because it's in nine eight time or nine, something. Nine eight time. And it's a western. And it's he wrote it for Johnny Cash. Well, I think he wrote it and then Johnny Cash covered it. I don't know if he wrote it because Johnny Cash's version is in four four. Yeah, he wrote it for Johnny Cash and then no no I think he just wrote it and then Johnny Cash covered uh, it. I want that's he what gave happened a with Hurt about it. It was the same album that Hurt was on. Yeah, but he gave a speech about it. He said I, I no he said he's like. I always liked Western music, but now oh, that Johnny Cash write, covered it, he tried to write a I feel song. like more legitimate. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I'm not a fan of country music, but if it sounded like this song, I hung my head. Oh, Johnny Cash has some cool. Yeah, yeah, but stuff. he's like proper country. Yeah. Modern country is definitely tough to listen to, Ugh, unless you get unbearable. to the to the fringe people. The fringe people. I mean, I think I think there's still some cool, like, kind of indie country stuff going on, um, like kind of folky country, like Shovels and Rope. Hmm. Um, there's another band I was listening Chris to Stapleton. recently. I just saw at the uh, concert. Oh, yeah. I haven't even talked about the concert for Charlotte. Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. 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 Um, Coldplay yeah. showed up. Yeah. Oh, I saw your snap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, could you imagine being in the front row of a show and not expecting Coldplay to show up, and they show up? No, <laughs> I couldn't either. Concert for Charlottesville people. Look up, and we saw Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Stevie Wonder showed up. What a treat! Superstition. <laughs> oh, stellar show. But we're not talking about that show. No. We're talking about Paul Simon and Sting. Uh, Sting goes driven to tears, walking on the moon. Mm-hmm. Walking on the moon. Um, yeah, good police songs. Driven to tears kind of sucks. I don't know why he played that. That's yeah. a stupid police song. Um, then we go back to Paul Simon and Sting, ugh, who invited him back on stage, am I right? Um, and they play Mother and Child Reunion, which is a pretty great song. I can't think of the tune off the top of my head, but... But the Mother and Child Reunion is all the emotion of a... I mean, I'm sure since oh, Paul Simon darling. is on stage... I'm just going to sing the whole song, here we go. Um... You really don't know Mother and Child Reunion? Mm-mm. Surely you do. I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, then we go exclusively into Paul Simon, and I Ooh. am bored. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Don't know it. Yeah. Dazzling Blue. Don't know it. Graceland. Woo! Yeah. There we go. I don't really like any of Graceland. I love Graceland. I kind of hate it. <laughs> um, the Mississippi Delta was shining like the national guitar. I don't, I don't understand your fascination, and Nick loves it too. I really don't understand Graceland. The album or that yeah, song? Yeah, the album. I don't like any of it. Uh, the arrangements are delightful. Like they're just so they're so bright not as good and as rhythmic. Or pop hooky is the rest of like Simon and Garfunkel. But that was kind of it was. I mean, it was such a huge comeback album for him. I, I guess, guess I, I don't had, know what he did. I had, had a lot of following his career. 
had a lot of pop appeal. Like, well, it's a huge album. Uh, then we get into Still Crazy After All These Years, which I love. Mm-hmm. Stellar song. Uh, and Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard. Yeah. Also great. Love it. Um, then Sting comes back on stage. Thank God. Um, and they play Fragile, which is kind of a shitty song as well. Um, then Sting is back on stage exclusively to play Simon and Garfunkel's America. Yeah, that was a real, real shot in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was like we had been waiting to hear this version of America since the first one came oh. out, but we didn't know it. I mean, the main reason I went to this concert was to hear Paul Simon <laughs> sing America, so it was and pretty got, devastating. And you got Sting singing it. It's even oh. better. That's like going to a concert. What, are, what, are, what an irony. <laughs> That's like going to karaoke night to see me sing Yellow and Chris Martin shows up and yeah. sings Yellow. Ugh. Just like it's that. It's like the exact reverse of it. <laughs> it's going to see Chris Martin sing it and you show up. <laughs> to karaoke? What are the odds I'd be there? That doesn't make sense. Uh, then we go Message in a Bottle. Stellar. Mm. Hounds of Winter. Don't remember that one. Mm. They Dance Alone. Don't remember. Roxanne. Sting, you're too old to be playing Roxanne. You can't pull it off anymore. Stop playing Roxanne. I, I Come on this podcast. I, I just love... That was probably... It probably still is one of my top five favorite songs. Oh, really? 1977, or maybe 78, whenever that album it's came out. It's definitely a good song. It's, it's three Put minutes. Put on the red light. Oh, <laughs> I just love that. I would listen to that every day on the way to school in eighth grade. Huh. I absolutely adored Roxanne, and every time I've seen... His voice just doesn't go that high anymore. He's an old man. Do they sing it down, or does he they just... Do. They stretch? do, but it's just also... the Even when the police played it live, it was Sting doing the backup vocals, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So the other police would do it, and it just never came off the same as the recording. Yeah. Like, not even close. Hmm. Which always frustrated me, and now Sting has like. Wait, well, yeah, I, I wasn't as attached to that song, I guess. Okay, you were. I was so very to me, attached. it sounded basically fine. Okay, uh, then Desert Rose, which is fun. Yeah, I I didn't like it that much. I don't know if it was his performance. I I tried to go back and listen to the recording, and I was like, yeah, this is this is okay. But at the time, I was not very impressed with it. I'm not sure uh, what about it threw I me en- off. I enjoy the song. Yeah. Um, uh, then Paul Simon and Sting again played the boxer together, mm-hmm. which was beautiful. Yeah, harmonies. What a stellar. song! Oh, it's That's, a great song. Yeah, that one's great song. Uh, then more Paul Simon. Geesh. Um, that was your mother. Don't know that one. Yeah. Heart and Bones. Don't know it. Mystery Train. Uh, Wheels. Yeah, he. The thing. <laughs> the thing with watching someone like Paul Simon is he's had a long career. So is Sting. Full of a bunch of albums. No, no, I'm just saying that he has so much material that I really haven't gone through. I've listened to all of Sting's. Yeah, I haven't listened to all of Paul Simon's. I guess I'm a bigger Sting fan than you're a Paul Simon fan. I guess. (laughs) Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes. Now that's a song. Uh, Is that on Graceland? Yeah. Yeah. That that probably is my favorite on Graceland, but that's not saying much because I really don't like any song on Graceland. The Obvious Child. Uh, and then You Can Call Me Al, mm-hmm. which was, the audience was very into mm. You Can Call Me Al. Yeah, they were. And I believe you said that was the high point of the show for you. I mean, I do love that song. Well, and the audience was all. I don't know. I'm surprised we were in the I didn't say Graceland, because I really love Graceland. You definitely, after we saw it, and you said second place is coming up. Mm. Uh, then Paul Simon and Sting come on for the encore uh-huh. together. They play Bridge Over Troubled Water. Whew. Stellar. Yeah. Every breath you take. Yeah, that was your second favorite song of the evening. Did we talk about that? Uh, I saw someone on Reddit post this clip of 
uh, this 90-year-old guy from some, I don't even know what country he was from, but he not an English-speaking country, and he was playing Every Breath You Take, and he botched it so bad they had to turn off his guitar like yeah, during the yes, performance. you did. And, then, <laughs> and his singing was still really bad, and Sting was like sitting in the front yeah. row as a tribute, just like... Oh, it was like this extraordinary Stan oh. Lee tribute. The yeah. Sting version. Oh, man. That's so brutal. It really hard What's fat. funny, though, is it reminds me of, uh, I saw a clip of this Swedish band. I don't know. It could be like Finnish or some other It's all the country. same country. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I was trying to avoid saying. <laughs> but uh, it's, they were called First Aid Kit, and they're these two women with beautiful voices doing a cover of America mm-hmm. with Paul Simon in the front row. Oh, wow. And at the end, mm-hmm. uh, every, everyone applauds. Disturbs person. No, and he he stands up and does like a standing ovation, but no one else stands up because I guess whatever like snooty award show it was, yeah. or like you whatever the culture was, that, yeah, just like they they didn't stand up to applaud. Like that's not something well, they do. I, but it was such an amazing performance. Like I I understand him standing up because you, you have to. Like it was phenomenal. In that culture, if you stand up mid concert, you get your legs cut off. <laughs> I thought that you might just like float away. No, my aunt, uncle, <laughs> yeah, actually, who we stayed with for this show, yeah. just moved to Finland. Oh wow! Yeah, um, he's my uncle's in the Marines. He's stationed over there, hmm. doing the last bit of his service yeah. or whatever. I think he's can retire soon. Um, but my family really wants to visit them in 2018. So oh. summer of 2018, going to Finland. I might be in, I, in, in middle school. I knew a, a Finnish guy whose name was. Uh, Simo Coco. So Simo Coco. Simo Coco. Simo. Yeah. S I M O. Like, but you, you're. It's the play on Seymour Coco. <laughs> like you want to see more yeah. Cocos? Sure. I don't. Where are you going with this? I just thought it's a funny name. <laughs> it is. It's a funny country. <laughs> they eat noodle schloops. Apparently, Coco means bonfire. And so he wants to see more bonfire. Yeah, see more bonfires. <laughs> Not a very funny one. Um, It'd be funnier if his name was Butts. I can't. Simo yeah. <laughs> <See more> Butts. <laughs> that would be pretty great. His parents really butchered it by not giving him a better last yeah, name. They had the wrong last name <laughs> going in. Yeah, to this name. Yeah. Um, my only reservation with going to Finland is my parents want me to buy the plane ticket. Yeah. Um, so. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I have no idea how much it costs <laughs> to fly to Finland, be. but it's got to be money. Thirteen hundred. <laughs> Germany was thirteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. That's so big no figure. thank you. Yeah. Um, this is why I've never left the country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we get "Late in the Evening" by Paul Simon, which I've never heard of, and that's a weird thing to put after yeah. every breath you take. Yeah. Surely you close on that one, but they do close with "When Will I Be Loved" by the Everly Brothers. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah, that was good. A stellar performance. What's that? What's that? Sting's synchronicity too. Was that in there? No, they didn't play that. Okay, I remember that my one, uncle. Yeah, being that's upset. what he wanted. My uncle was upset yeah, about that. That is a great song. Yeah, it is. Um, what a shame. So yeah, that was weird. There you go. Our Sting. The Sting, Sting Paul Simon. The brutal gut punch of of a boy whose <laughs> favorite song was "America" boy by Jordan. Paul Simon. All he wanted was to hear him sing it. And and some lanky, old British fart (laughs) did his... A British man doing America. Why? Why, Paul? Why? But you remember his reasoning. He said, this was something that I listened to frequently when I first started coming to America and touring with the police. Yeah. It fit. Paul Simon can't say that because he already lived here. 
It was a it just just admit it was a better version. It was absolutely <laughs> not. Just admit that or Marvel's great. <laughs> pick one. Definitely not. Just pick one. Definitely not to both. <laughs> you have to pick one. I really don't. <laughs> um, this is your shit box. Like you have to pick one shit box. I know, and it was Wonder Woman. <laughs> Which we are going to talk about next week. Apparently. Get hype. If, as long as I can find it. It just came out on Blu-ray. Yeah, so I mean, presumably I'll be able to find it. <laughs> and then I will get some. I will have to go to the store and put, I'll pay money for it. That's how I do it. Do I you, like spending money. And then I will also, yeah, I'm definitely not going to buy that shit. Um, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um... So, and then I will get your quotes from Green Arrow yeah, to so reenact. Um, do you want just Green Arrow? Do you want some from Flash and Supergirl? I think we should do like a, a collection. Hmm. I think then you get, I want to see your range. So not only are you a charismatic white archer, you're a charismatic white fast guy. Hmm. I want to see you play those. I mean, I think... If I was being cast as one, I think it's more likely I get cast as Arrow. Okay. Why? My elfish features. <laughs> He's not an elf. <laughs> what about my pointy ears? You're not an elf. My, neither is my he. long blonde hair down to my back. It's not Legolas. I'm Legolas. <laughs> You're not. I'm or or Orlando Blumenfeld. <laughs> um, I did not put my adventures at the table of Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Hit I'm, me with I'm it. Put Iron Man. Let, let's close it out with Alan. Mark Ruffalo. It's everyone we cast in this film. Okay. Uh, Bruce Banner. Uh, actually, I'm going to put uh, Nick Fury. He's going to be my Kevin Spacey at the table. Yeah, I was just thinking, I wonder who Paul Rudd could play. <laughs> does he have Does he have the touch to play any of these characters? No, I could not take him that seriously. Yeah, I really couldn't. No, there's no way. I, I'd love to see him in like some just like... I want him to grow a beard and be in some dramatic role. I can't, I can't like like Robin happening. Williams and Goodwill Hunting, though he'd done some serious stuff before. Yeah, yeah. Robin Williams is a bit more all yeah. over the all over the place. I guess he's more like a Jim Carrey. Yeah, where they they're funny, but they also have that kind of depth to them. Yeah, whereas Paul Rudd is just sort of a goofy man. He's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's very entertaining. Yeah, uh, and then my fourth, he keeps it light. Fourth Avenger to make it four point five. I'm gonna put ScarJo there because there were no women in this movie, and that offended me. Yeah. I'm just putting that plug in now before I tear apart Wonder Woman next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I have been Jordan Peebles. Marvel has sucked, but Glengarry Gilm Ross has been phenomenal. <laughs> I am uh, Noah Doesn't, and Glengarry Glen Ross has been inferior to Marvel films.